Hi, I'm Sydney. Welcome to the Forbidden Cities, a Keeper of the Lost Cities podcast where JC and I talk about Keeper of the Lost Cities books, theories, characters, ships, and more. Hello, guys. It is episode 19, and um, we're back again, and we are going to be... Yep. <laughs> Revisiting our thoughts on the Keeper characters in BTIs from 10 episodes ago. Um, yes. JC will explain more because she knows more about this <laughs> than me. We were just like, what's a really easy episode that we can do with minimal preparation? And the reason for that is, um, so now I'm moving. You, we mentioned in the last episode <laughs> that Sydney just moved. <laughs> now I'm moving. And so me and my seven siblings are packing up our house and it's been crazy. And then, you know, they I'm going told off me to college. like a week ago. And I was like, <laughs> it was what? kind of a sudden thing. Yeah, my dad got another job, so he's going to be moving cities. And so it's just, and I'm, it's at the same time that I'm leaving to go to college. So it, our family has had a uh, fun couple of weeks. But yeah, our recordings will probably be kind of once a month now, um, just because that's going to be what's easiest with my school schedule. And I'll still be working part time in college. So uh, yeah, it's going to mm-hmm. be. It's going to be, you know, a little bit less than usual, but that's what we can do. So, uh, yep. yeah. So, the actual subject of the episode, Myers-Briggs Types. So, I got a few, like, emails and reviews saying that people actually really like those episodes. I was kind of nervous because, you know, mm. not a lot of people understand Myers-Briggs. And so, I was like, I hope I hope people like it. But they did. And so, now I'm really excited and we're revisiting that because we agree with some of the, some of the types that we came to. But I... Cindy's done a little bit of this too, but I have been like researching a ton of Myers Briggs and watching videos and just like trying to learn as much as I can about the system, especially the cognitive functions and you know the actual mm-hmm. right way to apply it rather than just trying to stereotype or do letter by letter typing. And so I, I feel like I, I was you know looking back at <laughs> how we typed some of the characters and I can see why. I'll say it this way. I disagree with some of the things that I said before. Hmm. So. I'm very interested to hear this. (laughs) I mean, I'm, I, yeah, let's just say I'm interested. So the first one that, like, I know that I still agree with is Sophie. I still agree Mm -hmm. with what I said, that Sophie's an INFJ. And there was just a ton of, of data to prove that um like th- the best thing that Sydney actually found in the last episode was that that part in Lodestar where she puts together the never seen's whole plan that was mm-hmm. the most introverted intuition and introverted thinking loop that I've ever seen and by the way um <laughs> if, if you don't if you haven't listened to our last Myers-Briggs episode you should go back and listen to that um especially yep. the first one because we really do explain kind of the system there um mm-hmm. Let me let me try to give you kind of like a quick introduction to typing, uh, or at least to some of the phrases I'll be using so that you're not completely lost if you've never heard of Myers-Briggs before. So it's a system that, you know, divides up personalities into 16 different, like, four-letter types. And so um, the first, the first uh, of the four letters is E or I, and that is whether you're introverted or extroverted. So I is for introverted, E is for extroverted. The second letter is for um, sensing or intuition, um, and sometimes we'll say observant instead of sensor, Um, but that's S or N. Um, Usually intuitives will like to go a little bit more into the, um, like the, what's the word for it, Sydney? Like, 
I don't know. Intuitives would no like listening to this podcast. Intuitives like to think deeply <laughs> and like try to figure out the meaning behind things and just stuff like that. Sensors are more like okay, but what's practical in the real world? Mm-hmm. Yeah, practicality. Yeah. And then, um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that sensors aren't all um, like robot type people because there's feeling and aren't thinking. All. <laughs> so you'll see that like. SF types, people with sensing and then feeling, because the third letter is T or F for thinking or feeling. And then the last of the four letters is um, judging and perceiving. That actually doesn't mean anything except for in the functions. Now, a lot of the time you'll hear, oh, judging means you're organized and perceiving means you're disorganized, but that is completely a stereotype. It is not true at all. Perceiving types can be very organized. Judging types can be very disorganized. Trust me, I am a judging type. <laughs> it's it's it, it just um, explains how you use your functions, and it means something different based yeah. on whether you're introverted or extroverted, so it's just, it's it's a code. <laughs> it's a code for the functions. Mm-hmm. And then- I think in the other episode, I said it's less like you're building each letter on top of each other and more mm-hmm. like you're input- putting a code into a calculator and getting a result yes. from it. Yes. The four letters are just like a code that make up the functions. And that's what you'll hear mm-hmm. us typing based off of is the functions because that's <laughs> going to be the more accurate, like what's going on inside your head. So there's, yeah, there are eight functions, and they're the same, well, two of them are the same as the letters, thinking and feeling. There's an introverted feeling and an extroverted feeling, an introverted thinking and extroverted thinking, introverted intuition and extroverted intuition, and then introverted sensing and extroverted sensing. Um, and so that's kind of those middle two letters that I mentioned in the four letter types, N or S and F or T. So... Mm-hmm. Basically, that's what we're going to be talking about, and uh, if you want to understand it, then look it up. If not, take a test, um, try to take an accurate one, and see if you match any of the characters that we talk yep. about. Or then... you can go back to our episode nine, episodes 9 and 10, and we give an overview there, so. Yeah. A little bit. There you go. So, like we said, I agree with Sophie being INFJ. I think that she's very NI, very FE. She's very focused on the group, how the group is feeling, rather than, this is how I feel, and so I'm going to do this. I feel mm-hmm. like also an FI user would be a little bit less hesitant to, like, accept the help of friends. I feel like that's kind of a really FI mm-hmm. thing to be like, oh uh, no, I, I, I feel so bad for, for having you all help me. An FI user would be like, that's right, you're going to support my cause. I feel like Well, I, actually... FI DOMs would be less likely to, which doesn't, so that doesn't kill the INFP argument, like... Oh, okay, okay. Like, if you're trying to say Sophie's INFP, the, the way I would say no is the way she uses her um, introverted intuition, which yes. is something INFPs yep, don't use at all, way. because yeah. she just really connects things a lot, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, trying to the, think of other examples, wait. go ahead. Mm-hmm. The difference, the main difference, what JC's saying is Sophie does not usually use any, which is extroverted mm-hmm. intuition, which would be coming up with new possibilities or jumping from possibility to possibility. Mm-hmm. She's more, let me gather the information and find the answer, which mm-hmm. is more of an introverted intuition type thing. Yeah, and one thing, one example is in Legacy, um, whenever Keith, like, brings up a possibility... 
Um, and this is, Sydney, one reason that I think he could be an extroverted intuition dominant, and we'll get to that. But he would he would just kind of throw out possibilities for her parents, and she would be like, full slippery slope. Like, is it Bron? Oh my goodness, well, that means all of these implications, yeah. and it's the worst thing ever. And then he'd, like, throw out Lady Cadence, or whoever threw that out, and she was like, oh my goodness, that'd be so awkward. Like, it was just, like, the full... She would fall it all the way down. And so that's mm-hmm. not... An extroverted intuition user would be like, hmm, well, there's this... And then, like, just bring up the next one, which is kind of like what Keith was doing. Which mm-hmm. I think is a good example. That scene was kind of a good example of how Annie and, and I work together, but we're not yeah, doing Yeah, that's Keith the yet, so. one... Well, yeah, we'll get there. Oh, no, there's a spider. Why are there... Again, why are there always bugs when I'm recording? I'm trying to kill it. Die! It's a tiny little spider. Die! I'm um, sitting in the anyway. room, so some, some, you know, animal's probably gonna crawl out from behind the dryer. Um... <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that scene, I think we should end up looking at it because mm-hmm. that's the one scene that he does seem very extroverted intuition. Mm-hmm. So, and he's mm-hmm. also very extroverted feeling in that, which is why, yeah, um, we'll get to it. Okay, Sophie. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll get there. <laughs> I agree with her. The other one that I still agree with is Fitz. So, um, we typed him as ESTJ, and we found out later that, Sydney, your dad is actually ESTJ, right? Yep. As far as we can tell so far. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and it's so... funny, because that makes my parents INFJ and ESTJ so Fitz. They're so Fitz. <laughs> yeah. But, as my mom says, they met as adults, so they Mm -hmm. were both very mature. By that point, they were Mm -hmm. not teenagers, and so, you know, healthy MBTI types can be with any other healthy MBTI types. Yeah, and I think that Fitz is under a fair amount of stress in the series. Oh, yeah. And so it does make him sort of... Uh, oh, I have an example. In Legacy, right whenever Fitzy sort of breaks up, well, he comes back and he's talking to Sophie... And he's he's trying to, like, figure out basically what's wrong with her. And he starts, like, basically using his, uh, what would it be, inferior extroverted intuition, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. His TJs have inferior extroverted intuition. But he was trying to, like, come up with possibilities for what was wrong. And so, and it was really driving her crazy because she was like, leave me alone, leave me alone. And he was like, ha mm-hmm. no. So. Meme you made. so. Go look um, at our meme account. It's funny. Oh yes, we have we have many wonderful Fitz memes on um, our meme yeah. account. Please, please look. I'm referencing one. <laughs> um, but yeah, he sort of used that inferior extroverted intuition because he was under stress and being like, "Is this what's wrong? Is this what's wrong?" And it was really not helping the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in general, he's very you know. Um, I think he is also an Enneagram three. I just randomly pulled an Enneagram for no reason, but um, hmm. I promise there is a reason. Yeah. Because he's very that would make a lot of conscious sense. of his image and, like, how society sees him. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, my name is Oscar, and I'm the host of the Potter Discussion Podcast. The Potter Discussion is the ultimate Harry Potter podcast, discussing everything from Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts, and the entire Wizarding World fandom. This isn't your everyday Harry Potter podcast, because we have regular, in-depth discussions about obscure and fascinating topics. So if you enjoy in-depth character breakdowns, Harry Potter quizzes, and you're a Harry Potter super fan, this podcast is for you. 
Search for the Potter Discussion Podcast in your favorite podcast app or click the link to learn more. What? We, we need to do an Enneagram one. Though that's Let's a bit just throw harder. it in. This is also an Enneagram yeah. episode now. Okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Okay. That will work. Sophie, though. Oh, I know. What he would be three wing two, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's not giving, a four. He's, yeah, he's not a four, and he'd be giving all the gifts to Sophie. He's like, hey, mm-hmm. like me because I'm oh, it's true. helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wing two makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so interesting. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that would be how his uh, introverted sensing works almost. Like, this is how... And with the matchmaking... Okay, one thing about TESI, which is ESTJ, is they can be very... Yeah, we should probably say that ESTJ has the top function of TE, Mm -hmm. which is extroverted thinking, and then their next function is introverted sensing, which is SI, which is kind of like categorizing things based on the past. Anyway. Yeah. And so this is very... They've had matchmaking in the past, and it's very determinative of your social status, and therefore, that's how I am going to, um, you know, do this now. I'm going to abide by the matchmaking system, and there's no other way around this, Sophie. There's no other possibilities. I'm going to be stubborn and refuse to use my inferior mm-hmm. extroverted intuition, because that's one thing. Your inferior function, or no, it would be his tertiary, I guess, um, because he's extroverted. So, just your lower functions, you don't you don't like to use most of the time like if i could i wouldn't use my introverted thinking a lot of the time i'm sort of developing it so oh by the way cindy and i are both infjs if you haven't um heard that but (laughs) yeah i I, there are uh, most of the time i don't want to use my introverted thinking sometimes i'm just like yeah i feel like it but most of the time you know that's why they call you like NIFE as an INFJ is because those are your main two functions that you're going to be using most of the time. And so, um, for TESI... If you use a thinking function, you're going to go to TI, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for us. Wow, I must be lagging a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. You went silent for a second, so I was like, I hope she's not saying anything. Anyways. Yeah, so... Anyway, Fitz was refusing to use his, like, his open-mindedness function, I guess. He probably hasn't developed it very much, because they are kind of young. And you don't really develop your third function until usually, uh, like, late teens, sometimes older, in your young adulthood. So, I feel like he probably just hasn't... Maybe the his journey for the series will be developing that sort of ability to see other possibilities and to kind of hear... Um, you know, to, to hear things and not be so stubborn about this is how I want it and this is the way it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean... Hmm, I'm trying to think of an example where he has been open. I guess the only one I can think of is when in Lodestar... Is it Lodestar where he um, sees what happened with Keith by, you know, eavesdropping on their mm. telepathic thing? And then he's like, wow, I was wrong. You're... Um, you actually went through more than I thought, or something like oh. that. Hmm. I don't remember what he says, but yeah, he's just like, I was spying on you, and I was like, dude! <laughs> but that is, that is a kind of T.E. dumb thing to do, to, especially, like, my dad has, uh, he's an INTJ, so he has extroverted thinking as a second function. Extroverted thinkers are very focused on, like, getting stuff done, and it's up, like, they want to try to do everything oh, if they goodness. can, but they will delegate. That is tasks. so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, as my, a my T.E. Dom father, with, <laughs> not as a, with a T.E. Dom father. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're like, I, I'm gonna do this. Yeah, it's my job, and or even if it's not their job, they're just like, I don't have to ask anyone's permission. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he 100 percent. That I feel like that was a very T thing to do to to jump in on the thing. But yeah, I feel like uh-huh. his journey, especially with having kind of the backer legacy torn down, so like the three side of him is just like, oh no, my whole social standing is gone. My friends are, you know, well, so he just broke up with Sophie, so that's going to, he's going to sort of, I guess they made up a little bit and unlocked, but you know, he, he didn't like that. Mm-hmm. He didn't like that feeling of separation and of, it's almost failure for a three, not being looked up to. And so... Mm-hmm. That's going to be part of his character journey, I think, and he he might be in a bit of a a down place, like he might be a little bit almost melancholy for the next little bit. But I hope that eventually he can kind of develop the open minded side of him to be a more healthy elf. Yep. I wanted to say person, but I don't think that would make much sense. <laughs> do they call elves okay, people, we go to or keep? do they call them elves? Um, I think they try to use elves. Uh-huh. Mostly. Yeah. I mean, they might sense. randomly use people. I think most of the time Shannon catches it. They say, like, elves. elven people. Sorry, that was yeah. so random. <laughs> that was a side hmm. trail. Okay. We're back. So, I guess we should do Keith, and then ah, yes. I want to revisit, or at least somewhat visit, we'll Sophie's Enneagram. Ooh, let's do Sophie's Enneagram first, because I know what I think, at least for the first few books. I think that she was a four. Okay, and that was I know we had a too. whole... Yep, we had a whole conversation about this a mm-hmm. while ago. Mm-hmm. Because I think we were between four, six, and nine. Mm-hmm. Was it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. what is that? Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, so that could be a tri-type, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. I wonder if she's, like, a 964, and she was kind of showing that foresight a lot more. Is that how it works with Enneagram? Do you devolve to, through your tri-type? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, so maybe I she think was originally you devolve to whatever... Yeah, oh, right, so I think... Stressed. So, JC and I had this conversation... Yeah, your stress um, Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Um, had this conversation where we think... I mean, if someone knows more about the Enneagram and can tell us, please tell us. But personally, mm-hmm. I think it makes a lot of sense that you would be able to switch Enneagrams mm-hmm. because Enneagram is based off of a fear. And by definition, that's not like a cognitive function that you are stuck in. It would be a fear that you can beat. Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, like JC and I have had this conversation um, where we think, okay, I used to be an Enneagram this, but that is no longer a fear that affects my life as much. I think I've right. grown out of that. Mm-hmm. And so, personally, I think as a... I mean, someone can tell us if we're doing this completely wrong, but as a child, I think I was a four. And then mm-hmm. um, when I that. moved... Yes! We went through my diaries. <laughs> it was hilarious. Was, um, she, um, can, I, can I say the bit about the crown? The crown Oh, thing? goodness. No. <laughs> You can vaguely say that. It was... I was in third and fourth grade, okay? She was very much low-key as a kid. I made up, like, these social hierarchies that I wanted to... Yes. That I wanted to topple. And I was like, I... I am the specialist. No one understands me. I will get the crown crown in this social hierarchy that I made up about my third grade class. But anyways, (laughs) it was really funny. So, 
Um, I personally think I was a four when I was little. And then um, I've noticed it, you know, we're just getting into Sydney's life for a second. It'll, it'll be relevant, I promise. But I've noticed when I move, it seems like I switched or I have switched. So then I think when I moved to where I lived previous, previously, I switched to a five. And I have diary entries where I very much talk about the five fear of um like the unknown and not having knowledge and being capable Mm -hmm. to do something but then so five um, and six then well no i was definitely 5.4 anyways um but through i mean we're just gonna do we're christians so through Mm -hmm. church and things like that i think i've beat that fear and now guess what we're on to the nine fear so that's great um (laughs) still working on this one but jc has had a similar experience do you want to talk about yours sure yeah i i I mentioned it in the last episode then cut it out because it had nothing to do with anything um Mm. but i used to be a two i kind of mistyped as a six because i didn't understand the enneagram at first but i was definitely a two um i mistyped as Mm -hmm. a bunch of things anyway (laughs) (laughs) um basically once i started um being how it whenever i developed fe in myers-briggs terms which was probably around like 11 or 12 i remember it because i was in ballet class and i started like caring what people thought but that was um whenever i was in ballet i know i was a two for sure a two with a strong wing one and so it was very like people pleasing and perfectionistic for a while and then yeah. <laughs> basically my friends had a minor therapy session at 3 a.m because they were like hey, you're going to college you need to be confident and it turns out i respond mm-hmm. very well to intervention like that because like a week uh, the next week i went out of town with some of my um friends that i would go to college with or people that i was meeting because i was going to college with them and uh that over that week I wasn't thinking about, you know, how I was presenting myself or, like, any of the two-in-one things. Like, I, I didn't mm-hmm. care what random people thought of me. I was just like, oh, yeah, I'll just be like me. And then I also kind of, like, go of all of the weird perfectionistic tendencies in my head. And after that mm-hmm. week, I got home and I was like, wait a second. <gasps> I don't care what people think and I'm not and then I was like oh so I wonder what I am and that so I spent a while kind of researching it like can you be no Enneagram is that a thing (laughs) and so eventually because I I, and then I was like am I a five because all of a sudden I'm researching everything yeah and I was like I see but I don't think you're a five (laughs) no like okay you have the five characteristics but I don't Mm -hmm. that you're not afraid of the fear fear. and you were like yeah I don't have the fear, but I act like a five, and I was like, that means you're not a five. Mm-hmm. And so I kept researching it, and then I was like, well, every time people tell me to do something, I do the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of led me to discover I was an eight, eventually. <laughs> um, so I'm an eight with a strong seven wing, turns out, and yeah, five is just in my tri-type. That was why I was half showing so many five tendencies. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. That's, and yeah. by the way, because so, Sydney, you were talking about um, not being sure if you could change Enneagram, so there's a lady at my church um, who's very nice, or, yeah, and she, um, she knows the Enneagram really well, and so we were talking mm. about it one day, and she, I'm not sure if she's, I don't think she's certified, but I think she's, like, could be certified. Anyway, she mm-hmm. is also an eight, 
But I was telling her that, like, I feel like mine probably changed, but I don't know if that's how it works. And, um, she said that you can change Enneagram, um, especially mm. if you're younger. It's, it's a lot rare if you're older and, you know, you're kind of already developed and you're already in your personality and you're not, like, you know, that susceptible to change or outside um, mm-hmm. influence but whenever you're younger in development and especially up until your brain finishes developing which i believe mm-hmm. is like when you're 24 you are very um like possibly it's very possible for your enneagram to change oh goodness i gotta change again before i'm 24 <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to be stuck as a nine she is i don't like nine. it very much and i, I really don't like it thing. And ah, i don't know <laughs> See, I, I see you one and both. eight, but yeah. Because you can I, have both possible. wings kind of equally. I don't have a nine wing mm-hmm. at all. Like, at all. But that's just because I'm, I am so, I was so done with being a two that I was just like, peacemaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, hmm. I act like an INTJ sometimes. It's funny. <laughs> but anyway, so okay. that's, that's our background on the Enneagram. So I think that Sophie, like, kind of tied to that, we came up with the idea probably Sophie could have changed, because she's very fourish mm-hmm. in the early books, but that's because she's I mean, first of all, this... she's a fictional character, so... Yeah, so, like, the author <laughs> yeah. can do anything, and we'll get to that with Keith because I have some things. Yeah. But with Sophie, He's yeah, suspicious. she's coming from an environment where, like, she really was misunderstood. And she really didn't fit in, so that can mm-hmm. really foster those feelings of, like, there's something fundamentally wrong with me, which is something that's in the mm-hmm. four's heads. And so I really do feel like she was a four for at least the first book. And what was it? It ends with Keith saying, like, you're home, Foster. And she's like, I hate to say it, Keith, but you might be yeah. right. And so that might have been the time that she really defeated that core fear of something being wrong with her. And she's like, I am, well, I am or... special and unique. Well, she did kind of struggle with that a little bit, but... She struggles with that a lot in exile. Even in number, though. yeah, number two, you're right. I forgot because she's mm-hmm. like, there's something wrong again, and then um, yep. she kind of wants to be. Go. She doesn't want to be different. Like she I wonder. Want to be yeah. Hold on. So exile. She struggles with being capable. Mm-hmm. I. Is that that a five? couldn't be. Hmm. Okay. Maybe let's that's a let's go through this book by book. Should mm-hmm. we? Yeah. Not book by book, like, reading the books, but, you know, talking about it. I'm mm-hmm. going to write this down. Okay, so book one, she was very a four-wing five, probably. Because mm-hmm. she didn't care about social status at all. Like, she was willing to go to that smaller college, even though it meant, yeah, you know, she wouldn't be well-known. She didn't want to be well-known. She didn't want to be noticed. Definitely mm-hmm. wing five. Okay, so book two, Exile. I'm going to put four slash five, and mm-hmm. we can think about that. Okay, book three. What would we say her struggle is? Um, and number three, let's see, she's just healed Alden sort of in the beginning of it, and so they're uh, kind of a discussion around her healing Fenton. Um, well, she doesn't really want to do book- that. And mm-hmm. then there's also the thing with Keith, something's wrong with him. I'm trying to think of, like, what happens with Sophie in it. Um... You know, something is wrong with his one of his parents. That's really when she starts developing her extroverted feeling a lot is book three. Yeah. Is she's worrying yeah. about other people. She oh, may I still know. be. Because they, the, mm. and at Kenrick's uh, funeral, at his planting, the elven people were like, oh, it's her fault. And then she got escorted out. And then she tried to read King Dimitar's mind herself. And she well, gets the um, ability restrictor. Mm-hmm. And so she's, like, completely... 
her life is destroyed basically and then she goes into avoidance oh that's what the avoidance thinks that maybe that's when she becomes a nine because she takes the the sedatives even though she says she never wants to take them again and is out for like weeks remember that hmm. that's did a we nine say thing. for sure she goes to nine I don't remember if we did. I see okay. her as a nine, definitely. Because, like, think about in book six where she goes into the the loop and Keith has to, like, snap her out of it and be like, okay, we can actually face this. You don't have to avoid it. If she's a nine, I'm going to be mad because Keeper probably made me a nine. Just kidding. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay, so never seen. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about this, how so many of our book characters that we read when we were little mm-hmm. affected us and we've become like them. It's so mm-hmm. interesting. Okay. Um, so many INFJ okay, characters. Okay, so uh, let's revisit two again, though, mm-hmm. because I did say it could be a capability thing, but actually it might still be a something's wrong with me. Yeah, because yeah. the whole time she's struggling with, I'm broken, I'm, I'm malfunctioning. Bront says I'm malfunctioning. Oh, she's yeah. so mad about that. Bront I'm going to say she's still guy. four. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then... what about book four? Book four, let's see, she's kind of cut her ties with the Lost Cities, and so she's kind of like, okay, I'm not dealing with that, yeah, I'm trying to think of what she does, she goes to Exilium, and she's trying to help other people in Exilium, Mm -hmm. she's still very nine-ish though, she's still like, I don't want to... Even up until here. Unlocked, you she would be a nine because then mm-hmm. in Unlocked she's learning how to not do what everybody else wants from her, and she has always like ever since she unlocked her inflicting, she mm-hmm. she has the anger to, yeah, like and then the thing, which I relate. <laughs> yeah, you know I just mm. realized something in book eight. She how avoidant she is with fits. She won't come around him the whole book. By the way, the oh. thing about nines is they're very avoidant of anything that's conflict-causing. Think about her with fits. Like, how every mm-hmm. time she, like, hears it, she's just like, um, we'll put that away for later. And then she can't even look I at mean, him I mean, even earlier... Around. Yeah, even earlier than that, whenever anyone brings up anything to do with crushes, she's like, mm-hmm. nope. I don't know about that. <laughs> hmm. Keep group harmony. Mm-hmm. Keep it together. And... Yeah. Let's see. And the other thing. Oh, right, with her and parents in number eight. Angry. How avoidant she is about um, her, uh, her, whenever she finds out Orly and, like, it causes that whole conflict, then she's just like, mm, never doing that again. Yeah. It's, she, oh, you're so right. She's such an INFJ9. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was, okay. And then unlocked, let's see. She's not as and avoidant. And just, like, her whole, yeah. Well, she's growing in unlocked, is what mm-hmm. I mean. Because in Unlocked, she learns to, like, she doesn't read the group. She does what she wants to. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the group gets mad at her for it. You know what I'm talking about? The, um, when she sets things on fire. Yeah, and she has to learn to. Is she becoming an eight? Well, not exactly becoming an (laughs) eight, but growing as a nine. Developing her her wing, her eight wing. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Being an eight is Okay, fun. so we're going to say Sophie is a four slash nine because she yeah. changes or she nine. grows older. All right. Okay. I'm going to pause the that recording. That makes a lot of But we shouldn't go through that specifically. <laughs> okay, recording is on. Yeah. Cool. Um, So Keith is the next one to do Um, for Myers-Briggs. We'll do Myers-Briggs first and then Enneagram. Um, so... The three, here are the three types um, that we've kind of been between. So, 
Last mm-hmm. time we recorded an episode, we said ENFP. Mm-hmm. And then, after a little bit, we started talking about it, not on the podcast. We might have brought it up, but we were like, no, we think he's ESFP. We think he's an extroverted sensing dom, not an any dom. And so, yeah. it's kind of been between that and my head for a while. And so, I looked up on the personality database site, which... Uh, <laughs> it's basically a site where it has a bunch of fictional characters and some real life like actors and stuff and it it's like voting so everyone can vote on what they think uh, the type is and mm-hmm. so on that it's like a 50-50 split between ENFP and ENTP and I had actually come up with that on my own whenever I was trying to figure out ESFP or ENFP I was like mm-hmm. wait depending on the book these both make sense and so here's what i think well first yeah i'm gonna say this first and then we'll bring up something else um that's kind of a what's the word like a a determiner so book one okay book one sophie finds him and he's ditching oh. class so you, you guys say? should know um that for a while we were on esfp mm-hmm, and i have not heard anything since esfp <laughs> and so everything yeah. you guys are hearing is also new to me because yeah. we we had this whole conversation over text where we were like wait this is esfp isn't it but mm-hmm. then we changed now jc's like hmm so i don't know any of this yeah. either after so, we switched to esfp it was never discussed Right. I I actually, I think I made Karis listen to this whole rant, <laughs> so that was fun, mm. because she is an ESFP, and uh, ESFPs don't like what we call intuitive talk, uh, which is, like, stuff like this, theoretical discussions. They're like, I am so bored. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so, uh, in book one, he's, she finds him teaching class, and then he, like, goes he's very sort of charismatic with Alan, which led a lot of people to say extroverted intuitive but extroverted senses can be the same way um and then after that he takes over back to class and he's not really he doesn't really come into the book a lot but whenever he does he's very like he's definitely in either a any or se dom he's very like yeah he's attentive he's yeah out there like he's not attentive he's all over the place well, I mean, like, attentive to everything around him. Mm-hmm. Well, and, um, he, he has something that could either be called high intuition or high something. I don't really know what it is, but he's catching on to patterns with Sophie. He's, uh, also because of his empathy, he seems a little extroverted feeling, which is why I think that he has so many ENTP votes and personality database. Um, okay, he, the more you say ENTP, the more you can it's see it starting to make sense. It. Yeah, because um, Shannon oh, no. models all of their personalities a little bit after their special abilities, which is why, like, mm-hmm. you know, Orly's INFJ, because she has high FE. Sophie has all these abilities, but it's really important that she has NI to use her telepathy with. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Keith, in book two, he's so ENTP the whole book. Like, there's no other argument he's so like if you read that if you go back and read that after reading like unlocked he's so just like i don't even know he's he feels Mm. very different he's very like all over the place almost flippin is the word that keeps coming to mind and it's not flippin like i don't care but it's flippin like just joking every other sentence like you can't tell sometimes if he's being serious or not 
just a lot of random things, and I just met an ENTP, and that's sort of similar to how they, I actually have met two, that's sort of similar to how they talk, and, like, you don't know what Keith's gonna do in book two, he's just, like, he randomly, what is it, that he, like, throws sand at Sophie for some reason, and they chase each other, Mm -hmm. it's just so random, and it's such an any and I thing, Mm -hmm. um, and then Everblaze, let's see, what would that loop be? So for an ENFP, uh, the loop they go into under stress is an uh, introverted-feeling-introverted-sensing loop. The loop an ENTP goes to under stress is an introverted-thinking-introverted-sensing loop. Is? Wait, hold on. Isn't your loop your first function and your third function? Uh, It it depends. So what I've noticed, especially in Karis, and this might not be true of all extroverts, but what I've noticed in Karis is she goes to an introverted function loop whenever she's under stress. Um, because she gets quiet and literally acts like an INTJ. It's scary. Like, I can always tell Mm -hmm. whenever she's depressed at work because she goes to, like, that, and everyone's like, Karis, you're so quiet, and I'm like, That's pretty consistent for for ESFPs. I agree. Uh Yeah. And Mm -hmm. is Kylie that way? That would be introverted thinking and introverted, um, intuition. Yeah, so that would be the same loop as you. Too. Yeah. Yeah. That's accurate for Kylie. So I think we just go to our introverted loops because that's how you process. Everyone processes with their introverted loops. Your extroverted functions are what you show other people. So I think that mm-hmm. for um, an ENFP going to that FISA loop, Keith doesn't get feely exactly whenever he learns that one of his parents could be... And let me look this up, but I'm pretty sure he says something like, "This, there's no logical holes in this, Sophie. It has to be the case. Which is such an uh... ENTP over ENFP thing to say. Yeah. Let me try to find if I have the okay. Kindle app on my phone. ENFP is N E F I S no T extroverted thinking. ENFP functions. Yeah, extroverted <laughs> thinking. And then introverted the sensing. Yep. Okay. ENTP so then... is a N E F E and then T I S I. Okay. So ENFP and ENTP have the same. No, they don't because TIFI. Okay. Mm-hmm. ESFP has S E F I T E N I. T E N I. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Could you and still have... make the loop that it's in? Wait, could you make the argument that it's F I N I? It's not F I. It's T I. If I'm if I'm right, remembering that phrase correctly, and I'm trying to pull up the Kindle app, I'm downloading it. Um, but if I'm remembering the phrase right, he's like, "This is just the logical conclusion, Sophie. Like, there's no holes in in the logic. One of my parents has to be evil." And he actually jumps to the conclusion that it's his dad at first, because he's kind of okay. gone to S I and that past. One thing that pa- S I is, it's like past data and collection of past data. And that's something that's actually really notable of Keith is he's very good at recalling past data. And it's, you know, he does have a photographic memory, but he's also, um, somebody like ran into the door that I'm sitting behind. I feel like, mm-hmm. again, Shannon sort of, sort of models abilities, um, off of their personality a little bit. And that's, that might have been said in the series, actually, like you're, Mm-hmm. Your personality and ability will influence each other in certain ways or something. They're going to sort of be correlated. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds familiar. So I feel like... Okay. 
that could explain that inferior introverted sensing. Okay, I see what you're saying, but the logical possibility sounds like something in ESFP. I would know what it also said. Uh, okay. So, I'm not 100% buying it. Okay. That it's a ENTP thing. Mm-hmm. Karis wouldn't, but the e- the ESFPs we know are kind of different. Mm-hmm. Well, would Karis say... I mean, again, sorry guys, we're talking about people we know. But I think it's part of their stubbornness. Okay, find the quote because that might help. Which quote? Oh, the quote in uh, uh, Everblaze that we're talking about. It's uh, yeah. still loading, but let me see if I can speed it up. Because <laughs> it's trying to download with data at the moment. Let's use Wi-Fi. That's going to be faster. Um, let me think about Never Seen while we wait. Uh, so, in Never Seen, he does have a major loop, but the question is, what exactly is the loop? All of it is yeah. him writing down on sticky notes his memories, which is completely introverted sensing. Is it a loop, or is it going to stress functions? Um, I, I see it as a loop. I feel like last time we discussed this, we said he went to stress functions. By stress, you mean shadow, right? Shadow, yes, sorry. Okay, and by the way, for shadow functions, guys, this just, um, you can look it up and see, like, a chart of it, but it's just the opposite mm-hmm. of what your normal functions are in order. So let's say that, uh, you are an ESFP. Your first shadow function would be introverted sensing, since your normal dominant fun- function would be extroverted sensing. And then each shadow function works in different ways, but generally your first shadow you can be pretty good at, and you kind of respect it when you see it in other people. Um, so, uh, for an INFJ, the opposite shadow would be extroverted intuition, so we go to that in stress, and we also, um, respect it in other people, sort of, like an idea generator thing, we're like, wow, how do you do that? Your second shadow you'll sort of see is childish, it's called the critical parent function, um, so for an INFJ, that's introverted feeling. And we're like, that's that's childish and stubborn and inconsiderate. And then an ESFP would see extroverted feeling and say that's childish and shallow and fake. Um, your third shadow function uh, you see just as kind of annoying and short-sighted. So for us, that's extroverted thinking. Uh, at least for me, Sydney, you can confirm if this is right, because this is kind of theoretical. But for extroverted thinking, when people use it, I'm like... Uh, you're not using all of the logic to reason it out. You're just saying this one thing and then automatically assuming it's true. It's just short-sighted and shallow. Do you agree? Hmm. Yeah. And then an INTJ who has a tertiary introverted feeling would say that about extroverted feeling. They'd be like, well, that's short-sighted and shallow. Or an ESFP, because I was using them a lot, would see introverted thinking and be like, why are you doing that? That's wasting time. It's short-sighted shadow actually no yeah that would be their shadow yeah and then your Mm -hmm. last one is or for an infj the last one is introverted sensing and at least for me i sort of see it as just like torture um like how do how do you remember all of that why are you forcing yourself to remember all of this data or if it's like you know the the planning and going day by day of the same schedule like Every morning, I wake up and eat half a cup of oatmeal, and then for lunch, I eat this chicken, and then for dinner, I eat this salmon, and I do that every day, day after day after day for a month. And I would be, like, driven insane by the third day, maybe the second. (laughs) And it's just, like, at least for me, I cannot do introverted sensing. I can't do small data, remember, like, you know, in history, when you had to memorize dates, could not do that for the life of me. 
And so I see introverted something as torture. Um, and this isn't necessarily true, but usually that last shadow, like you can't, you just can't comprehend how people use that. Whenever you see someone using it, you're like, what? Um, and so like for my sister, that would be extroverted intuition. (laughs) And so with extroverted intuition, she's like, how do you have energeticness and all of this like hyper extrovertedness and then it still be intuitive? I don't understand that. Like, how (laughs) or for my dad that uh last shadow function would be um what is he he's oh yeah it'd be introverted sensing just like me and he's the same way so that's kind of a basic explanation and shadow functions are a lot more theoretical so you can't base everything off of them um but i think if it's kind of a a sure enough pattern in someone where it works especially in fictional characters you know it's all a little bit less solid but if it works with every single shadow function and it really, really makes sense for them, then I think you can use it. Like, I would use shadow functions for okay. Loki. I've, here's what we're doing. <laughs> we are going to never see. I have decided. Right. And we're going to find where Keith is. Because this is what originally made us say ESFP. But we're going to think about it through mm-hmm. the shadow functions and the other functions and see him under a stress. So, let me awesome. find... And guess what? I just got Everblaze open. Oh, it's okay, telling cool. me it's not available. I'm so mad. Okay, hold on. I'm going to no. keep messing around with this. Okay. Um, you want to pause the recording? Sure. Okay. Okay, you go so first. I found, I found the Everblaze thing. Um, it's, re- it's after they've already met with Mr. Forkle, and Keith calls her... Um, a vibration in her pocket made her jump, and her stomach turned sour as she pulled out her imparter. Swan song, Keith whispered, not quite looking at her. She knew it was lame, but she had to tell him, I'm sorry. Don't be. In fact, it almost makes sense. I finally understand everything I've ever felt about my life. I mean, it still stinks, and I have no idea what I'm supposed to do now. No one can hear you, right? No, they left me a note. Apparently, my mom wanted to go to some fancy restaurant in Atlantis, so he took her, and they're still not back. Guess I shouldn't be surprised they weren't sitting at home worrying about me anymore. I'm- please don't say you're sorry again. It makes me want to smash things. And not because I'm mad at you. That's extroverted feeling. And not because I'm mad at you, he added. It's just, I don't want you to be sorry because one of the people who tried to kill you just so happens to be my dad. Every time I think about it, I want to fling goblin throwing stars at all his favorite things. Which, again, would be pretty hard to explain. Then don't think about it. I won't. I'm going to go drink a couple cups of slumberberry tea and hope it knocks me out until the plan is ready. Uh, that's not dangerous, right? Half a smile curled his lips. Nope, it's just tea. My mom makes my dad at least three cups a night. I guess and now I know why he has trouble sleeping. Sophie bit her lip. I'll hail you as soon as I hear from the black swan. Thanks. Oh, and Sophie? Yeah? She asked, surprised he was using her first name. Please don't hate me, okay? Keith, I will never hate you. But, no buts. In fact, I remember a pretty smart person telling me that our families don't get to decide who we are. And that goes one step farther. Our parents don't make us who we are either. Look at how much you've rebelled against your dad. Deep down, you've always known you didn't want to be him. Now you finally know why. Yeah, I guess, he mumbled, rubbing his eyes, either from tears or exhaustion, so he couldn't tell which. She hoped it was the latter and told him, get some sleep. He nodded and clicked away. Hmm. He just seems so F.E., and it could be only because of his empathy, but I've, I can't think of a single example of introverted feeling from him. Hmm. Okay. Alright, read hmm. your things from Never Seen. I... S- hold on, I'm thinking. 
Mm-hmm. Because I agree with you that I can't think of an example of introverted feeling. My brain says, well, Claire can be like that, like that example where he just said, the ENFP I know, sometimes she'll be like, oh, and it's not because of this, don't worry about that, but maybe less naturally? I don't know. Hmm. Okay, we'll come back to it. Okay. So, I was looking for um, different times where Keith is moody. <laughs> so... Let, let me see. Which one should I read? Okay. Which is the first one? Do you want me to read this? Okay. Sure. So, um, okay, Keith said, taking Sophie's hands again. You have to tell me what my mom's done. Do you want me to talk to him? Fitz transmitted. Sophie shook her head. Keith was asking her. So then she pulls Keith to a tree, and he says, if she killed someone, just tell me, Keith whispered. Um, she holds his hand, tells him everything. And it says, Keith stared blankly at the river. What are you thinking? Sophie asked when the silence turned suffocating. Strange question coming from a telepath. Okay, so that was a dodge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I would never invade your privacy like that. Keith sighed. I'm thinking she deserves to be dead. His voice meant the words, but his eyes didn't. It's and okay to be sad, Keith. Can I interject something really quick? Mm-hmm. The dodge thing is more of an any than an se thing. At least in my experience. I don't know. In my experience with a SE sister, and then I haven't known a lot of NEs, but I know two, and the NEs are much more likely to dodge than the SEs. Hmm. Keep going, though, because that might be a stereotype, so it might not be 100% the case. Hold on, I want to think about that. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay, you might be right. And Macaulay? Maybe. Like, Macala, her second function is extroverted intuition. She's pretty likely to dodge. Karis, no, she's just going to tell you what she thinks. That's F.I. Hmm. Macala's F.I. Okay. too, but she'll dodge. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, S.E. will dodge sometimes. I'm trying to, I'm trying to compare. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to be sad, Keith. No, it's not. Not after what she's done. She's still your mom, no matter how angry you are. I'm more than angry, Sophie. I'm, I don't know what the word is, but I don't care what happens to her. Then why are you crying? She reached up to wipe his cheek and showed him the tear on her finger. Okay, so then he is upset about stuff. Um, do you want me to leave you alone, Sophie asked. Keith nodded. Actually, no, it's not good for me to be alone right now. I'll do something stupid. I need, I don't know what I need. Just don't go. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me see what the next one I have is. I feel like, um, the I don't know what I'm feeling thing, again, it's a lot, a lot of F.E. proof, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, of course, even F.I.s might need to process for a second, but that's really something that as, like, an extroverted feeler, a lot of the time, I just, I just, like, I don't know, that's information, (laughs) and, like, I know the response I should have, and so, like, I have a word response, about... but I also don't. Okay, this could be completely off. Just hear me out. What about ESTP? Um, there's not a lot of discussion about that because an ESTP is a lot more, um... I'm trying to explain the, the difference in vibe between ESTP and ENTP. Yeah, I understand the difference explain. in vibe. I'm trying to understand you the know v- an difference in cognitive functions. Uh, I knew what I thought was an ESTP, examples. but I'm not sure. Yeah. Thor so that is an would be ESTP. S- mm-hmm. Th- 
It would be S E T I. S E N I. F yeah F E N I. Basically, I'm writing all like, these down. They're like an ESFP, but they are less uh, feely, which sounds obvious, but like, basically, you know, okay, you know. Yeah, I understand in concept. Yeah, mm-hmm. but what makes an ESTP that much less feely than an ENTP? Uh, they're not less feely they... than an ENTP. They're just less into it um so an ESTP most of these are like uh let me just pick up this one idea run with this one idea until it doesn't work and then oh that didn't work okay uh we gotta come up with a new idea like think of I'm just gonna like use the one example I have which is Thor whenever he got thrown onto earth and he was like the hammer and he just the Marvel spoilers warning (laughs) yeah it's 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 not that important but yeah if you haven't watched the first Mm -hmm. thor movie skip ahead a little bit um but he um you know whenever he was just like oh i have to get the hammer and then when that didn't work he was just like well uh that's it for me you know he and then he was just like out out for it while an entp would be like okay mental challenge okay that didn't okay if this doesn't work here are like six other possible ideas and i'm gonna make sure that i Mm -hmm. outsmart these people and he feels more ENTP because he's more, like, you know, with his pranks. He's more random, yeah. Yeah, he's and he's more, like, I'm going to try to outsmart these people. He's In ESTP versus ENTP, it's pretty clearly that he's ENTP because he's definitely more of, like, mm-hmm. these are the possibilities yeah. and this is... He's, he thinks through mm-hmm. things. While an ESTP I agree, is like, especially vibe-wise. He doesn't vibe mm-hmm. as an ESTP, mm-hmm. but I just wanted it to It is kind sure. of important to, like, bring that up, yeah. Yeah. We were okay. Um. Let me find serial killer. I hope they don't flag me for serial saying that. <laughs> um. If Apple doesn't like keyword search us. I found it. Okay. Ooh. So serial killer key time. So she walks in the room. Um. She says, "I'm not leaving until you talk to me." Um. Then she ducks under his arm and go- sneaks into the room. So. Mm-hmm. Um. Three of his four walls had been covered floor to ceiling on scribbled on pieces of paper, like something a serial killer would do. More notes were scattered on the floor, his desk, the bed. Okay, so I know you said his loop would be, what was it, T-I-S-I? Oh. Um, Yeah, and ENTP Hmm. is T-I-S-I, so past details and then logical conclusions. Okay. It's not feely or, like, morose and self-pitying it's like because an sifi loop is like oh i'm especially uh or let's do nifi which is what my sister has that would be the esfp Mm -hmm. loop the esfp loop is like oh my goodness i'm so scared and nervous oh my goodness because ni is you know looking at future events so oh my goodness i'm so nervous about what's going to happen and i feel so bad about this myself and oh my goodness i'm just Oh, this is going to go so badly. It's it would, so if he was an we NI loop, he would be... Sorry? Okay, the funny thing is, last time we discussed this, we said it made... Because of some other stuff, we said it was... That NI made sense because it was putting together pieces after the fact. 
Yeah, last time we also we didn't really understand Myers Briggs. So yeah, well. we also didn't. <laughs> so the real distinction between SI and NI, especially in loop form, is NI is looking at the future and SI is looking at the past. So NI is like, if if Keith was NI, he would he wouldn't yeah. look at the past. He would be like, okay, this is gonna what's the problems that are gonna cause in the future with my mom being on the never seen. It's gonna be this and this and this. Oh my goodness, I'm so scared and feely. And then back to the this is the event that's going to happen, and then this is the event that's going to happen, then what if this happens? Like, my sister, for example, had to talk to a manager at work one time and went to a whole... She explained to me her entire mental process later. And, you know, under stress, I just go extroverted sensing, so I just wing it, so I just do forget it, turn off my thoughts and wing it. Under stress, Mm -hmm. she overthought herself into a loop and was silent, and I actually had to talk to the manager for her. It was kind of funny. But so you're saying under stress, ESFPs go into future mode. They turn into an INTJ. Future. Hmm. The ESFP I know doesn't do that at all. Was he under stress? <laughs> he is SI. What? Was he under stress I, then? I don't know how to explain it. NISI. That's weird. Wait, NISI. What, what's the mental like? What's, what are the thoughts there? Okay, the ESFP I know goes to. Let me put together pieces after the fact. Uh, yeah. So putting together pieces after the fact that can. So I'm gonna try to explain. So if there's um an actual event. So SI is just data collection, right? And looking at the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of what you can do with SI in the moment, it's just sort of a repetition or um, a routine. So, you know, an ISFJ mm-hmm. or INTJ who is an SI dominant, they're going to be very good at sticking to schedules and routines. Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, an ISFJ or an ISTJ. Those two are the SI Oh, you doms. said INTJ, and I was like, um... Oh, sorry, ISTJ. <laughs> they're SI doms, and so they're going to be very, you know, I'm sticking with past routines, and they're very good with repetition, memorization, and observation of small details, and then remembering those. Um, but that is um, all introverted sensing and how that's used. Introverted intuition and extroverted intuition can both uh, put pieces together after the fact, especially if introverted intuition is lower down. But um, an introverted intuition loop is going to be looking at the future. That's It's not a loop if you're just noticing the way something can be put together. That's just your inferior NI existing. Mm-hmm. If it's an active okay. loop where you're actively, like, you know, despairing about something, it's going to be you cycling through, you know, looking through possibilities of how something could go wrong in the future based on this information that you're overthinking. Okay, here's what I'm confused about. Um, I think we're focusing on loops too much because mm-hmm. you have loops and then you have stress or, like, you go... Mm-hmm. Or the way I understood it is, number one, you go to your last function. So we would go to SE, um, and that means ESFP would go to NI, ENTP would go to SI, all that. Then I understood that you would go to the loop. So for us, it's NITI, and I have always heard that it's your first and your third function that loops. And then I heard that you go to 
um, shadow functions. And so I guess I'm confused about why we're focusing so much on loops when it could be a last function or a shadow function thing. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to figure out more of why. So it can be different. A loop happens whenever you're processing information. A, whenever you use your shadow function or your stress function, so like for an INFJ, I'm just going to use my an example for like an INFJ for me. So um, mm-hmm. if, if I'm actually, if I get a ton of information and I have to process it, that's going to be an NITI loop where I'm thinking through the logical, like what this means for each thing, the, mm-hmm. the logical details and whether it all works together. And then I'm going to use NI to be like, okay, so how does this affect things going forward? So that's mm-hmm. kind of what an NIT loop is like for me. Um, and that's whenever I'm processing information. But if mm-hmm. I'm going to extroverted sensing, I can't. you can't process anything in extroverted sensing. Yeah. Extroverted sensing for me is turn off overthinking and just act right now because I don't have time to think. And so that's yeah. not something I like to do at all because I feel like it's not a good, smart way to live your life. Um, yep. Especially whenever it's underdeveloped, you know, in the case of an INFJ. So, mm-hmm. um, that would be, Keith is processing and never seen. He's not just turning it off and going to the last function. And I imagine it's very similar for an extrovert. Um, I'm trying to think exactly of how it would work. Because for an extrovert, well, they, they go the to an introverted is... loop. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they... but they can't just go to shut off thinking. Because for them, it is an introverted function last. And so their last function is either... Mm-hmm. We're between SI and NI. So for, like, an ESFP, um, for Karis, whenever she has to just act in the moment, that's fine for her because it's how she already likes to do stuff. She doesn't like to be processing information. Um, so mm-hmm. under uh, under stress, if she just had to act, that would just be her SETE, and that's completely comfortable for her. Like, she'd be more comfortable mm-hmm. not overthinking. And so that's something you, you won't see ESFPs going to loops very often. Because they don't like doing that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, they like using SEFI and that or would apply, And that would also apply to ENTP and ENFP. Okay. Yeah. We're just yeah. talking in circles. Um, um, okay. In terms of shadow functions, that's something that you just barely will just use in moments of stress. Or if you're, you know, talking to someone with a shadow function and you have extroverted feeling, you might mirror it. So, like, for an INFJ... If we have an any user with us, we might mirror their any back to them, but that's just because of our extroverted feeling. Generally, we're mm-hmm. only going to use extroverted intuition under like really, really deep stress. So if you're forced to socialize for really long periods of time and you've completely shut off your overthinking because you're just, you know, forced to keep socializing and keep trying to be the extrovert in the group, sort of, that's whenever I use my extroverted intuition and I just start scatterbrained because I have no social okay. energy left. So that's how so I So you use think he's functions. ENTP, correct? That's, yeah. And I didn't think, I thought I was going to be leaning ENFP, but I don't see FI for him at all. Okay. Um, argue to me how he is using his TISI loop here. Um, so in Never Seen, the, well, first of all, SI is data. So it's all of these memories that he's writing out. Mm-hmm. And what he's doing is he's, a lot of those are questions too like so what does this mean then um so what were the one of the questions do you have that scene still open yes i do um yeah. first day at foxfire where was she level four midterm gift reason 
why did she make them test me twice to see if I'd manifest her as a conjurer? Um, Dad's missing blue pathfinder. Was it her? Where did she go? There's more that if you want. second one that you said, uh, the reason for what? Um, level four midterm gift. Level four midterm gift. That just seems very, just, just that sentence, level four midterm gift, what was the reason behind that? That's a TI, at least in my mind, a description of like a TISI loop, so... Mm-hmm. A, a it's not of, TE, like, a that's for detail. sure. Yeah, and then, like, why, what was the logical reasoning behind that? Which is kind of a TI thing. So mm-hmm. a lot of the reason that he's making the sticky notes and going through all of these memories is he's like, what's the logical reason behind that? He's not trying to look at what's the implications going forward, but just what was his mom's reason for everything that she did? He's questioning the reasoning behind everything that she's ever done, and he's like, there, you can't trust any of it anymore. Okay, I'm seeing ENTP more and more. Mm-hmm. Still. Me too, and I didn't think I was okay. going to be arguing for this at all. Yeah. Okay. Should we try and think of um, FI examples? Yeah. Just in case? Can you think of any? So, okay, what would be an FI example? Like, like how have we general? typed other... Yeah. Um... I don't know I if don't, we... I mean, we have... I live with three extroverted feelers <laughs> and one I'm young... I'm the only extroverted feeler in my family. It's <laughs> torture. Okay. Um, so I see... Well, Tristan, the six-year-old, he uh, gives me ENTP vibes, so that's a possibility. He's he's fun. He is a little soul mm-hmm. rebel. Anyway, uh, we did type <laughs> Wiley hilarious. as an INFP because he was kind of... Um, mm-hmm. He... he I mean, he doesn't come in much, but he gives INFP vibes, I guess you could say. And you can't really type based off of vibes, but we we did, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was okay. Because of how he sort so of confronts I see... Sophie. Mm-hmm. What yeah. were you going to say? Because I remember the first time we typed him as ENFP, I said, oh, he's like Claire because they're both random. <laughs> yeah. That's so I totally just did function. it based off of NE. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then they're different in the FI versus FE workbook. Yeah. I feel like he's very, he's not confrontational. Even in, like, Lodestar, when he, you know, does that betrayal thing, he's like, Sophie, I know this is going to make you hate me, and I'm so sorry, and I just, I can't ever forgive myself for this, and I know you can't ever forgive me for it. Like, that's Mm -hmm. such just an FE ramble, and that's, that makes so much sense, Mm. because he is an empath, and so uh, other people's emotions really would affect him, and he would really like, have to learn to, to deal with that, <laughs> you know, to deal with having, but he's more, I guess, he's more of a Effie tertiary than, he's like, this will offend people, lol, do you remember that? I meme? guess what I can't connect mm-hmm. is that ENTPs seem, okay, the ENTP you know from what I've seen and heard of him, the ENTP I know, they're always looking for reasoning and, mm-hmm. like, dive deep immediately keith seems to stay surface level and almost appear like an esfp so Mm -hmm. that's what i'm confused about is i can't reconcile i can reconcile why he has fe in the function stack but i can't reconcile so here's the thing i actually know two entps um, and one of them is totally random. Like, I haven't seen her use introverted thinking very much. She's definitely, like, she's unquestionably not an ENFP, but she's very much, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. She's more randomy, and and it might be just because like. I mean, in Keeper, they don't have a lot of time to discuss philosophical things, but whenever he does, yeah. you do see him, like, in Legacy, sit down with her, and he's like, okay, possibilities, so let's list out the logical implications of this and what this could mean. And then, you know, that sort of freaks her out, and then he's like, oh, no, Effie, calm down. It's okay. It's, I it's, found another spider. We don't know for sure. I'm kind of worried at this point. And he even goes... Are you okay, Sorry. Sydney? <laughs> yeah! One day um, you're gonna just, anyway. like, become Spider-Man. <laughs> We're just gonna go with it. Uh, I'm a little worried. That's the third one I've seen. Um, um, I'm in my closet. Anyway. <laughs> nice. A closet filled with spiders in a laundry room. That's a very bright closet and a gigantic closet, but, you know. Anyway. Um. So... In, in Legacy, whenever she's going through her parent possibilities, that's a scene that I, like, I kept revisiting because I was like, it felt so, like, Let's natural. go there. Keith didn't feel, Keith didn't feel off at all. Are you okay? What was that? That was me dropping my book to pick up okay. Legacy. I thought you were, like, smashing a spider, and I was like, oh boy. Oh no, you're okay? Um, yeah, see if you can get that Where in, because I don't that have that scene? book. Okay, do we know what part of the book it's in? I think it's, like, mid... It's near the beginning, right? Oh, found it, I think. Nice. Yeah, okay. See if you can find a little conversation in there. Keith is so sweet. I want a Keith. Anyway. Um, (laughs) wait, are you there? Hello? sorry. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, no, it's earlier than this. Earlier than this. I got 20 Okay. stuck in my head. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. So. Have you found this scene? I have. I'm just trying to find an interesting part. Another thing is okay, it's very so concerned with start. external perception, which I don't know any ENFP. Like, I don't know any ENFPs. So you'll have to tell me, are they really concerned with external perception? Like, the first thing, whenever she walks in the room, is like, oh, I don't have a shirt on. <laughs> well, like, I feel like an ESFP would just be like, ah, well. <laughs> an ENFP, I don't know. What do you mean by external perception? Like, literally ex- like how they're perceived externally because what i mean by that like is physically like, he literally he, sophie walked in and he was like i don't have a shirt on yeet like he panicked while i feel like an <laughs> esfp would be like oh well deal with it <laughs> huh um i don't know if that's a sign of any i i meant um, I uh, mm. effie over oh Effie. Though we've already, we've already proven that, but, like, that's just a random thing. Yeah. No, I don't think that's, I, I'm thinking, it's just maybe, being I don't a know. a little precious child. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay, so, um, here's, okay, okay, I have to ask, how do you feel about bending the rules of telepathy a little? You mean breaking the rules of telepathy, Sophie corrected. He shrugged. I'm just saying, I'm pretty positive that you and Fitzy could solve this thing in five minutes if you went all cognate roar on Torkel's memories. Cognate roar? Okay, so he's like, <laughs> I know. Not that's certainly in um, just throwing out a possibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or, playing devil's advocate, is it in I saying, okay, this is how we could solve it. Okay. Um, but not inferior. Like, an ESFP would just be like, 
We're not yeah, even theorizing. Right. We're right. just going to go do something. Come on. They have TE, and mm-hmm. ESFP is TE. Like, that really affects their their yeah. style. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, Keith, okay. So then he says, I kind of love that I have to explain this to you. So he's explaining something to her about Foxfire. Which is what? Um, oh, and then he comes up with the, the idea to slip sedatives in Forkle's lunch. <laughs> he's really being in And then he like, keeps pretty... going with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's like, I'm not saying it wouldn't work, but it'd be icky. Icky? Roe repeated. Sophie nodded. Keith and I both know how it feels to have someone invade our minds and mess with our men. Memories. This is something I hear a lot. Um, it's like from NI users with an any friend that they just that literally how they work together is that any person I've heard this from you and other people that yeah. any person just throws out possibilities and NI is yep. like let's think about it. Yes. Okay. I see it one hundred percent in this scene. It's just this one scene. It's got okay. <sighs> I guess he's he like does that have in any. Exile too. You haven't reread. Yeah, exile he is much, like that. He's a lot like that mm-hmm. in Exile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right right because this is definitely i've i might have mentioned this before and hey claire if you ever listen to this i doubt you will but we had this time where we were talking about um sophie's biological parent theories claire and i the enfp i know her and she was like just going straight from theory to theory to theory and i couldn't even tell her that one would not work before she was on to the next theory it was so funny she was like what about king dimitar and i was like Claire, no, let me, let me tell you why that won't work. And she's like, but wait, what about, and I was like, Claire, please let me go back and explain to you why it's not Dimitar before you move on. And that's such like a, because an ENTP would be like, okay, so let's debate why this might be wrong. And then they'd be like, as soon as that one's disproven, they bring up the next one, but an ENTP does have introverted thinking to stay there for a second and actually think Mm -hmm. about the logical proof, while an ENFP is just like, T-E, next possibility. She was literally just like, oh, that would be so cute. What about this one? (laughs) Every father we came up with, she was like, oh, but that would be awful. Oh, but that would be great. Oh, that would be so sweet. And like, like, Claire, can we decide who it is? Oh my goodness. It was very funny. But Keith does seem "Ah, to like, to like process these Mm -hmm. things. He he does seem to use introverted thinking a little bit with her. Like, okay, so what does this mean? The only, hmm, okay. Because like, even Hmm. with the forkle, it sounded like, I don't have legacy open in front of me, but it sounded like with the forkle of slipping a a sedative in his drink, is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, he was even like, okay, so then, she was like, that would be icky, and he's like, okay, but how? Like, the T.I. behind it. He totally, yeah, he totally seems ENTP in this scene. I guess... He went out for a second. Me, an ESFP acting this... Oh, okay. Oops. I heard he totally asked um, ENTP in this scene, and then it went out. Yeah. Um, the one thing that there was... ...SFP acting this way... ...it would be forced, I guess. You said if an ESFP acted that way, it would be forced? Yeah. I could see it, but it would be forced. Mm Mm-hmm. While this scene didn't really seem natural. It seemed like natural key foster. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And even in like the first and second books, mm. whenever he's the, the the kid ditching class and always trying to like 
prove their teachers wrong and all of that. It's a really a stereotype ENTP. Stereotype. Sorry, what'd you say? He fits the stereotype of... Mm-hmm. I said he fits the stereotype, and then I just mm-hmm. said he... Yeah. Okay. ENFP is off the table at this point. Mm-hmm. I guess he is ENTP. Yeah. I see it. Like, I see it. Something more says... Than... Something says what? But I... There's some clicking in my mind. The Wi-Fi is breaking out so much. She said something says what? Oh, no. I said I see it, but something is not clicking in my mind. Mm. Is it just the lack of introverted like, thinking? Like the lower down? Maybe. It might just be a Wait, little what do you underdeveloped. Mean? So he might just have overdeveloped FE for an ENTP because of his ability. Mm-hmm. Because the, the ENTP, be you possible. know, does have super developed TI, right? Like, to the point where you thought she was a T.I. Dom. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know, too, yeah. one with more developed T.I. and one with more developed uh, N.E. Neither of them have super developed mm-hmm. F.E., just, like, normal, normal F.E. for an E.N.T.P. And mm-hmm. I could see Keith either way. Yeah. Because it is a range. Like, and I guess E.N.T.P. has a different developed function and a little bit of a different, you know, Enneagram or whatever. Yeah. Should we talk about his Enneagram real quick? Yeah, that might that might clarify things. Because mm-hmm. it's about... Um, so, for the Enneagram, we would have to think about, like, his core fear. And what would that be? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go through and say what he's not. He's not a one. Mm-hmm. He could be a two. He could be a three. I don't think he's a four. I don't think he's a three, exactly. Because it's concerned with, like, society. Okay. We'll come back to that one. Mm-hmm. We'll put that because as, like, a question Because three is mark. also about... Yeah, because three is about your worth, too. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean society. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, He's not a five. Definitely not. He's not a... Mm, could he be a six? Possibly. He doesn't want to okay, be abandoned, down. but I don't necessarily know if he is a six mm-hmm. because of that. It could be a tri-type thing. Okay. He, could seven. he be a seven? He could be a seven. Um, sevens are he's afraid not an of... eight. He's not a nine, is he? What are the childhood wounds again? Okay. Look up the childhood wounds. I'll yeah, and this, one thing I've noticed is that the childhood wounds aren't exactly accurate. Um, they might apply mm-hmm. in some way, but, um, like, I'm an eight, but I'm an eight because I switched from a two to an eight. So the eight, like, childhood backstory doesn't really apply to me because I literally just switched and it was based off of, you know, not being a two, like, mm-hmm. not liking the qualities of being a two in myself and so it's Mm -hmm. more of like a i don't know it's different yeah okay i found a page of childhood wounds me too do you want me to read them uh yeah okay we can go back and forth so what we have is two three six and seven so we can just read those okay okay do you want to do the so i'll read yep i'll say okay These children felt loved only if they were helping or pleasing others. Their personal needs felt selfish. As a result, they closed off their own needs and feelings and turned to those of others. Love became defined as giving to others, though the love often didn't feel received or reciprocated. Hmm. Okay, your turn. I don't feel like he's a two based off of that. 
It could be a tri-type thing, but I don't yeah. think it either. Yeah, and two might be in his tri-type, but as a former two, I can say he doesn't give two vibes. Uh, uh-huh. So for three, as children, threes felt deeply connected to the nurturing figure in their life. This could have been the mother or father, depending on the home. They learned to intuit the nurturing parents' needs before they were expressly stated and strived to meet those needs. They sensed that they were loved or valued for what they achieved rather than who they were. When they received a look of approval, they basked in it and worked hard to gain that look of approval again. Unlike the two who tried to gain approval through being needed or nurturing, Reese gained approval by achieving goals, success, and benchmarks. That's a little more accurate because I yeah. feel like he, he would do anything to get his parents to recognize him and love him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily and know I know a three. three. Well, I know an ENTP three, and this isn't exactly accurate for both of them. I know an INTP three, and it's. 100% accurate. Well, I know the ENTP3 so. this applies to 100%, but I don't know if mm. it applies to Keith the same way, mm. basically. So what's the other one that we said he might be? Um, Six and seven. Okay. So, so I'll do six. six. Okay. Yep. And sorry, um, guys, if there's, t- like, if there's talking in the background of my recording, my siblings are being told to do their chores. <laughs> so go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to mute my side while you go so it's not distracting. Okay. These children were raised in an unpredictable situation with no safe place to go. They lost faith that they would ever be protected. As such, they turned to their own inner defense of doubting, disbelieving reality and rejecting their own instincts slash inner guidance. Hmm. Okay. I think he's a three. really accurate. Wait, really? The six is closer. He was... Listen to the seven one. This one... I, I read the first few words and I was like, wait... In childhood, sevens felt disconnected from the nurturing figure in their home. This could have been the mother, father, or grandparent, whoever was doing the bulk of nurturing and caretaking. For whatever reason, whether it was abuse or misunderstandings, the seven felt that they couldn't count on getting the nurturance they needed on a consistent, dependable level. In order to deal with this, sevens learned to focus on transitional objects or toys and activities that would feed the emptiness inside. They developed the unconscious message that they needed to nurture themselves because nobody else would do it adequately. So they would seek out distractions, activities, possibilities, cough, cough, pranks, cough, cough, and objects that Mm -hmm. would would excite their senses and keep them busy. Getting whatever they thought would make them happy became symbolic of having the nurturing that they always felt was just out of reach. Yeah. Okay, read your version of six. Because I say it's three or seven, but I think he's a seven in a three situation. Like, his father would rather him be a three. Yeah, if that makes definitely. Sense. His father is a strong three. Lord Cassius yeah. is an Enneagram three for sure. Mm-hmm. In childhood, sixes felt connected to the protective figure in their home. However, this connection wasn't always positive. They internalized their relationship with this figure and learned to depend on them for a sense of security or guidance rather than trusting their own inner voice. Eh, no, not Keith. If the authority figure was unjust or malevolent, then the six would internalize the anger and direct it at themselves, becoming self-destructive. If the protective figure violated their trust, they would become distrustful and rebellious of all authorities. That one's a little more accurate. Uh, I think he's the seven-wing six. And I I think he might have both wings because you see him, like, in Legacy when his mom's trying to control him. Eights do not like being controlled or harmed or manipulated. And, like, just the rage in him, I felt that. Whenever he was like, stop Hmm. trying to control me. You're a psychopath and your manipulation's not Hmm. going to work. I feel like he has both wings as a seven, but I do see the six wing definitely from that. And I see the eight wing in the just just 
the anger towards tra- towards people trying to control him and manipulate him and him just being like you know what i give up i'm gonna hide in the forbidden cities i'm gonna do something you're not planning for and i'm gonna not listen i don't care what people think mm-hmm. so just that sort of mm-hmm. giving up almost so seven fear is being stuck what's in seven fear pain. let's look at the fears the seven yeah. fear is being um is missing out or being stuck in emotional pain or being bored Limited, bored, or trapped in emotional pain. That's the actual words for it. Yeah. Keith does not like emotional pain. He does. Pain. He keeps running. He mm. likes running away when he has emotional pain. Yes. Running away is a very seven thing in general. Like, I, in one of my stories, I have a seven who, uh, he, he likes to run away. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Um, I feel hmm. like he does, and he just, whenever, um, for example, in number four, uh, never seen, never he's in that whole loop. He's just like, I'm just going to pack up in the middle of the night. I'm going to go out. I'm going to have a raid on, on the ogre capital. And, <laughs> like, sevens are very, like, I have to do something with this. Like, the sevens crave new experiences and just something to sort of fill up that I wondered, void. maybe that's why he seems se. Mm-hmm. It's because he has that wild seven side of, like, I've got to do something to fix this emptiness inside me. Wow, that was deep. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Um, <laughs> what happens when you put two and enough chase together at two o'clock in the morning? Mm-hmm. Or it's, it's one o'clock. It's yep. one o'clock. <laughs> okay. Um, it's one o'clock this time. Um, <laughs> so okay. So. I'm trying to think of his tri-type now. It would be eight, nine, one, and then two, three, four. So I, he could be, I don't think he has a three in his tri-type, and I think that's what makes his dad so angry, is that he has a two in his tri-type, and it's from that lack of yeah. love and nurture as a child. So he's, he, he deeply wants that connection to feel wanted. And so I think that's probably the second number in his tri-type is two. Seven, two, eight? Yeah. That eight yeah. is too strong to not be in the tri-type. What about Sophie? We Sophie's tri-type? Tri-type um, her. Let's see. If she's nine, 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 four, nine, nine, six, four. Now. I Did think. we say six? Yeah. Yeah. Nine, six, four. Because the sixes are very like wary and very much. What are the possibilities of how this could go wrong? And she's, you see that loop mm-hmm. in nightfall for her. That six kind of thought process. What wing is she? Uh, or could she be balanced wings? Yeah, I think she has balanced wings. I see I see the one... Well, I don't see much of a one wing anymore, actually. She used to be more of a one wing, and she used to want to be seen as good by the council and good by the elven people. That used to be really important to her, especially in, like, the book I'm three era. Yeah. And then whenever Everblaze happened and she had the ability restricted and was sort of cast down from society, that was sort of the point where she kind of swung to the eight wing and was like, well, you know what? I'll run away and join a rebel organization. See if I care. Yeah, and that was I kind of hard for her at first. At this but point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fitz. <sighs> yeah, yes. Our ESTJ Fitzy. Uh, we said he was a three. So two, three, four, five, wing six, two. seven, eight, nine, one. Yeah, three wing two. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, one. Um, he feels like more of an eight. I don't want to like just say that though. But out of eight, nine, one, he's not a nine. He doesn't avoid conflict. Um, he's very much like I will help create the conflict yeah, if it's needed. Eight. He's not a one, and I don't know if the eight is stronger than whatever the yeah. other number would be. But I don't see five. No, six, eight or seven makes sense. Stronger. He, I mean, think of how he feels when his world goes out of control, 
how and like how he tries yeah I think mm-hmm. he's and and okay. he's even very Three. frustrated with Sophie for not being completely honest he doesn't directly like accuse yeah. her or make the connection like of manipulation but he's like I don't want her to try to control this relationship basically and I think that's kind of why Fitzby didn't work because they're eights clashing just being like no mm. I'm in charge I'm so, in charge they're both J's J types and yeah uh-huh. yeah um so what's his last one three eight um, it would have to be either five six or seven the... yep um he's, he's not five is he five ish does he do information collecting he does Cause... pretentious information collecting what do you mean like when what um, are you thinking of like oh my gosh sophie um, it's magic. It's not, it's not magic. I don't know. Uh, I feel yeah, like he like would like to explain, explain things stuff. to people. Yeah. Okay. We'll go with I don't, that. Because I don't see six or seven at all. I don't see six or seven either. Mm-hmm. And it might I be different for, being... for an observant or a sensor to, like, uh, be a five or have a five in their tri-type. It might look a little bit different than an intuitive five. So it might just be an mm-hmm. observant five. Like, that might be what they're like. Yeah. I wouldn't know. Okay, <laughs> so what about Keep Swing? I'm writing all this down. Okay, good, because I'm not. <laughs> uh, Keith. Okay. He has a little bit of. He doesn't really think things through. I like a seven wing six wood. Like, he's not. Yeah. I feel like he's kind of avoidant of that side. So he is a seven wing eight. It's with the ditching classes. Um, and I realize I just said something about Fitz and Sophie's eights clashing. Sophie is. Yeah. I feel like Keith and Sophie's is... eights do clash, too. Uh-huh. Though the sixth stereotype is loyalty. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So he is very loyal. He might have fairly balanced wings, but I feel like the eight wing would be a tiny bit stronger. Like, I don't see him... Mm. I don't see him overthinking his own plans a lot. Yeah. Okay, he uses I'm going to go He's not whatever he needs, and then he's just like, and here we go. So eight... I'm just double-checking. Eight mm-hmm. is... I don't want to be controlled. Six is... Oh, who's coming in my room? Six is I don't yes. want to be unprepared. Uh, we're recording. We still are? Yeah. Okay. Almost done. Bye. Sorry about that. It's okay. <sighs> we um, really need to tell our siblings not to... <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Mine went in lesson anyway. Um, eights <laughs> are more like I don't want to be controlled, and sixes are like... I don't want to be unprepared. Sixes are very similar to fives. It's just that sixes are more anxious and overthinking, and fives are more overstudying. Like, they're more, let me research this. Uh Uh-huh. So fives are like the thinking sixes. He's not at all like the seven-week six I know, too, so. But sixes also do fear abandonment, and I feel like in a way, like, him always saying, please don't Mm -hmm. hate me, please don't hate me, that is his six-wing coming out. Oh. Mikel is a six, by the way. I just totally exposed her. (laughs) <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, this we is only one got thing we're like having three, a... but <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I mean, we could we could let's see. We could do there. There aren't a lot of people. The problem with typing fictional characters is you have to have a lot of data to be able to type them mm-hmm. accurately. And I feel like we don't have because there's so many characters. So there's just not a lot of characters that we have enough. From to be able to type them accurately. Yeah. Yeah. Even so, yeah. Dex would yeah, be even difficult. Him, 
it's really hard because after book six, you just don't see a lot of him. And you also don't see a lot of his thought process. You hear him a little bit, but it's just like he gets overshadowed a little bit, which is sad because I think mm-hmm. he's cool. But yeah, it's the way the series is. I mean, it's the story. Tam, I feel like Tam might be a little bit easier. Do you want to try to do him? Yeah. Tam and Biana, I could see mm-hmm. being able to. Do we see have time? Bianca. I think so, yeah. Because I'm going to need a few days to edit this anyway. Um, okay, cool. Since we're going to be moving and all of that. Um, so, guys. Uh, never mind, I won't explain the whole thing. There's no reason to. Um, Tam. So, originally, in the last episode, we said he was INTP. And I, I strongly disagree. Yeah. Um, he's not. Why did we do that? I, we didn't know what we were doing. We had, I was listening back, like, I got halfway through, I was listening to the part two episode, and we did a lot of letter-by-letter typing. We didn't know what Mm. we were doing. We didn't try to intuitive sensor type before we went into functions. We did extrovert, introvert, feeling, thinking, which you can't do feeling, thinking, typing, by the way. You have to do functions for feeling, thinking, because Effie will fool you and make you think that that person's a feeler, as we learned with Keith. Um... But extroverted feeling, mm. you'll just be like, oh, it's a feeler because they're considerate. <laughs> well, you don't even think mm. about. Yeah. Um, and But I feel like you can uh, observant versus intuitive type pretty easily because that's usually a strong preference. Tam, I see him as like a stereotype ISTP. Like, I don't care if people think. ISTP? 100%. I Wait that. a second. 100%. ISTP? Yes. Do you know any ISTPs? Okay, what are the functions? Yeah, uh, well, okay. I know Joel. Here we go again. <laughs> ah. And I can't tell if he's oh ISTP God. or ISTJ, because he seems ISTP, but he's very he's stubborn. And I. Okay, let me explain to you, like... Oh, yeah. I, I'm going to go through the functions of ISTP and ISTJ, and then I'm going to explain okay. to you the vibe of them, because I, I know them both very well. Um, so an ISTP is uh, a extroverted sensing auxiliary, so that means they're an introverted thinking dom, so they're still a TI dom, which is what we had as uh, is his dominant function before, even if we didn't know what we were talking about. So they're TI, SE, and then S, no, uh, N-I-F-E. So they have the same functions as Wait. an INFJ, but it's mixed around. So introverted thinking. Hold on, say that again. I'm writing this down, because it helps Introverted me think. thinking. ISTP, okay, TI... S-E. Okay. And I. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. So inferior yep. extroverted feeling still, so they're going to be really bad at it, just like an INTP would be. Um, and so kind of the the stereotype INTP is like the gaming nerd who has to write a note card to themselves to get through any social situation, otherwise Wait, they'll... Wait, INTP or ISTP? This is stereotype INTP. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um... And that, it's not exactly Dex, but it, it's more Dex vibes than Tam vibes, like an INTP, even though Dex is not an INTP. Um, yeah, INTP is I, not I, Tam. I, see him as an INTP, <laughs> I, I know this no. now. ISTP is like the, um, the very quiet, very like, uh, <laughs> oh, not emo, but just very quiet, like, uh, good with their hands and good at fixing things and good at material uh, okay. stuff person i 100 percent that's joel <laughs> okay. that is my looking at the functions of, okay yeah that's joel except is your granddad randomly stubborn 
Joel Ran- would agree Oh, with yeah. Me. Very stubborn. Yeah. And then just, like, at random times. Almost like, seems like a J, but isn't. Mm-hmm. 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 And yeah. just, like, they don't say many words. And my granddad has an ESFP wife. So my grandmother is an ESFP <laughs> with no That's NI. Like, 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 if there was <laughs> negative NI, she would have it. And then he's an ISTP with, like, the most developed introverted thinking. Like, he can't explain a thought to someone else to save his life. That man, he's funny. And so <laughs> she's just always going on and on and on. And then he'll say something, and it's, like insulting her but in the most like secretly introverted <laughs> intuition way that she it just goes right over her head and it's so funny to watch them the interact. fact that this it's is joel so and funny. riley <laughs> oh my goodness that's so true anyway it's, it's so i gotta send funny. you a meme about this exact thing too <laughs> And so, um, and I'm just sitting there, like, the INFJ, understanding every every part of the social situation mm-hmm. and finding it hilarious. And by the way, my yeah. grandmother and my sister, both ESFPs, interacting, mm-hmm. terrifying. Yeah. So anyway, an ISTP stereotype is just, like, sulking in the corner, watching people interact and being like, ugh humanity <laughs> and, um and if if you guys are really interested in myers-briggs i recommend the frank james channel because if you watch all 200 and whatever of his uh, myers-briggs <laughs> in a situation videos which i have you will get a very good vibe of each type which is just instantly like tam is an istp it's accurate but you okay, know how he'll randomly be deep and randomly be like, I care about Lynn and also you guys are wrong because I do have NI here and I can tell you that I've actually thought about this and you're wrong. I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Because I see it and I don't again. Okay. Why do you not see it? What's your your feeling? I'm trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. I guess I see him as a J. ISTPs do feel like a J. I mean, yeah. I guess I feel like if he's ISTP. Oh, let me explain why he's not ISTP. In I, I forgot to okay. explain that. So yeah. okay, ISTJ. <laughs> I worked with a couple, so they're S I S I T E E. Mhm. And then uh, F I. And then extroverted intuition inferior. Okay. So. I'm listening. Uh, ISTJ uh, is a robot. And they would agree. <laughs> and I'm not saying that as a joke. I mean, like, if you built a robot, they would be an ISTJ. Like, C3PO is probably ISTJ. I'm not even joking. Um, the ISTJ I know, I actually, like, legitimately thought she was a robot for a little bit. <laughs> yes, I've heard of her. <laughs> and I, uh, I actually didn't know this, but later on, a joke came up where they call her a robot. And no offense if you're an ISTJ, but she, she takes pride in it. The, I, the ISTJ I work with does. So... Maybe you take pride in it, too. If you don't, don't be offended, because it's a stereotype, and I'm mostly joking, but I'm also not. Um, so that SITE is just like, okay, I have all of the data here. The ISTJ I know, by the way, is obsessed with, like, charts and data. So she's like, I have all of the data here, and based on the data I have, and this is how she talks, based on the data I have, this is the most efficient way to complete this task. And I'm like, thanks, Siri. I, uh... Wow, that, that helps. <laughs> um, and then okay. also, according to her, she also whenever she's whenever she's thinking, she's running through scenarios in her head and overthinking scenarios, which is an extroverted intuition inferior thing. 
So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And being worried about them. So, why is, why did we say he was not INTJ again? Uh, Tam? Mm-hmm. Good question. I know he had reasons. I, I haven't thought Because, that. I mean, besides him just generally not really feeling dominant, he's not, he doesn't feel extroverted Does thinking to me. Does he have a lot of... Does he have TE-ish plans? Because an INTJ would, at this point, because he, he's just like, no, 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 leave me alone. I want to get away from society. I don't want to deal with this. This ain't my problem. Don't draw me into this problem, Sophie. He was the most reluctant to join the Black Swan. Lynn was like, yes, we will help people, and it will be fun. And Tam was like, no, I want to stick out of this. Leave me alone. I'm not a yeah, part of your big problem. To me, that seems like it could be INTJ-ish. I, it depends on the the thing an intj would be like uh what organization i already yeah, have one and okay, it's stronger than yours <laughs> an yeah, intj has it. a master plan and i stp is just like can everyone leave me alone and i live in a basement yeah. for three years <laughs> it was this yeah. one frank james video this is what i'm kind of basing <laughs> it off of but it was the types in quarantine and istp was like has it already been three weeks <laughs> this was the most enjoyable time mm-hmm. of my life I've built a I've built yeah. a helicopter out of the extra springs in my basement. It was so okay. funny. I guess I just think of Tam as I think my the version of Tam in my mind is different than the actual version of Tam. It might be. I do I see think, I do see an yeah. eye in him, but you've got to remember people can have really developed tertiary functions. Like, my introverted yeah. thinking function, I feel like, and yours too, both of ours, is super developed, and that's why, you know, we do the mm-hmm. podcast, is because we like discussing things and possibilities and talking about the logic behind it. Okay. I, I do see ISDP now, actually. Hmm. Yay. Because that's I was, like, interesting. instantly I got those vibes from him. Mm-hmm. What is Enneagram be? Do we know enough yeah. about him to, to know his Enneagram? Oh, we could, though, if we think about the childhood Williams. He's not a three. No. Six. Uh, is it six? Is he suspicious, though? He's Or is we, it eight? He's not quite... Because eights are, like, he the He is suspicious. Yeah, he's more of, like, a six-ish... Is he a five? Or is he a six-wing five? Six-wing five. He's yeah. very wary. Is he... He's just like yeah. He he's the sixth side of my dad. The very like everyone has it out for me. I trust no one. That is like a literal Tam quote. Yeah. That's... I don't trust you unless I read your shadow paper. Yeah. So he's got to be a six wing five then. I Because he wants six. all of the That's information so but the funny. Of the... That makes yeah. him the same. Enneagram as Joel, too. Oh my goodness. Is, does Joel act like Tam? Actually, yes. We, <laughs> we'd always joke back when everybody thought Dex was lame and say that what? he was Dex and he despised it. <laughs> um, but yeah, we would say, like, he's Dex slash Tam. Wait, and then we Joel would say like Riley Keith, was Keith Fitz. Uh, no. Okay, that's... See, because Tam doesn't... <laughs> Mm, that makes no yeah. sense. Because and he ships Fitzfi <laughs> randomly. He really what? I don't know. Would an ISTP it's... like an ESTJ at all? Yeah, because they're T I and T E uh, They're they're opposite shadows. Yeah, they exactly. yeah. 
So mm-hmm. that's why he naturally liked Fitz. Okay. And I think he only Blocked shipped up. it because I shipped Fitz. I mean, Keith Foster. <laughs> Let's be honest here. <laughs> That's such an ISDP thing, too. Like, if Keith had an opinion, Tam would just be like, well, I plead the opposite, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. listening, but I strongly disagree. But, okay, actually, the more I think about this, it makes more and more sense. Because mm-hmm. Tam and Sophie's friendship is a lot like mine and Joel's friendship. <laughs> That's hilarious. Where they're just, like, mutual, like, they can just look at each other. I could just see them looking at each other and being like, oh, my goodness, like, I, I I see it. I see it. Where Tam is just like the ally randomly. Remember yeah. in Never Seen when they meet and um yeah, okay, I see it. I don't know how to explain this without getting into really specific Same. things, but Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> welcome to the world of introverted thinking. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't voice my thoughts. I'll explain it to you when this is off, but <laughs> over text so I can voice my thoughts. <laughs> Okay, so I, that was, I love that we actually came up with the right types. I hope people like yeah. like this, because I'm so excited right now. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, what about Bianca? I know we probably Bianca. don't have any time. I feel like Well, she's, she's definitely ENFJ. I'm not changing that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. She's like a stereotype ENFJ. Very focused on mm-hmm. others' needs, very intuitive and in knowing how to fulfill those needs. Focused on the deeper meaning yeah, behind things, she's especially not the backer legacy thing. Uh-huh. Whenever she heard Alvar mention the backer legacy thing, she was just like, mm, I'm going to go figure that out for myself. And then she, and literally she said she did research into that and was trying to figure out the deeper meaning behind it. So stereotype ENFJ, natural leader, naturally focused on the group and Mm -hmm. really selfless. Like if you think about, I feel like her her core fear probably changed when we get to Enneagram because in the first few books she was very concerned with external perception and then uh, Nightfall happens and she learns that she has the strength within herself. ENFJs usually have very strong Mm -hmm. introverted feeling. And so I feel like that probably changed right around then. And by the way, Biana is very Wait, much like Kylie. Wait, ENFJs? Introverted feeling? They usually have pretty strong introverted feeling, yeah. It's their first shadow, so they'll be able to use it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And, like, Biana is so much like Kylie. Like, just... Oh, 100%. So much yeah. like her. And Kylie is an ENFJ, mm-hmm. for you guys who don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, ENFJs are just really natural leaders, and I feel like Bianca's probably the most, like, leadership material out of all of them. Like, I feel like she should be the leader of Team Valiant over Sophie. Uh Uh-huh. Hmm. Hot take from Jason. But, like, I don't know. Sophie's literally just the leader because she's the main character in Mark. I don't know. Bianca is so underrated. That's Bianca, okay, I don't know if she should be leader, but she should be, like co-leader definitely Bianca because Bianca is so naturally good at just like looking out at other people and knowing where to jump in where like uh-huh. who needs assignments she'd be well much but I guess that's delegating. why I think well she kind of does that doesn't she yeah and she even I um remember where Sophie's comes to them. Sophie is mm-hmm. out of it yeah and she gives it over to Bianca so I guess Bianca's what I'm saying like, is co-leader <laughs> doesn't she like say, Sophie like, should be the mastermind yes uh huh. Yeah, I don't know about leader, but I see. What, I see what you're saying. Definitely. Mm-hmm. She's just very. I feel like. Focused. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, but what I meant was her enneagram. What mm-hmm. would be her enneagram? So for the first few books, I feel like it's one of those like two, three, four because those are the ones that are most concerned with identity. Mm-hmm. Um, she could be a three as well. That might just kind of be a vacker thing, because they're very central. Mm-hmm. Do you think she's, like, a three-wing four? 
three. Hmm. She's just very. Or you know, she, she. Or would she be a two? She might. I can hear myself lagging. <laughs> Is you're not lagging? Am I safe right Okay. Now? So, that's good. Hmm. Okay. Two. Wait. Okay. Hold on. Read the two thing you read earlier. Did I read it or did you read it? Oh. Um. I think you did, but I have it pulled up, so I can read it for you. Okay. The Enneagram 2 child, self-sacrifice. Twos felt ambivalent towards the protective figure in their homes. In some way, they felt that there is a lack of either nurturance, guidance, or structure coming from the protective figure. To deal with this, twos created an identity that they felt like would be complementary to the protective figure. They developed the underlying feeling that the only way they could earn love was through selflessness, goodness, and repression of their own needs. The two learned not to ask for help, not to assert their own needs, and to give to others more than they gave to themselves. In their quest for worth, they often learned to stifle and and repress their own desires. Their self-love became conditional upon their earning a sense of worth through taking care of others. They want to feel needed by people and liked as if they belong. This gives them a sense of security. In a child, this could show up as the two doing the household chores of the younger siblings or taking on the responsibilities of the parents as a way to make their lives easier and also earn their family's love and affection. Man, I feel this. Through being dutiful and nurturing, <laughs> they feel they can finally earn love that most children take for granted. Twos become healthier and happier when they learn that they're loved for who they are, etc. Two growth. Yeah. So that's okay. the, I guess the childhood mm-hmm. mood is sort of trying to overcompensate for others. Okay. Which isn't necessarily to, her. She's not that self-sacrificial. Yeah, I don't think it's her. Yeah. Uh, three felt three. deeply connected to the parental figure. Oh, right. Um, they learned to intuit the nurturing parents' needs before they were expressly stated and strive to meet those needs, and they want to approval, that look of approval. Um, they gather tokens of achievement Are in hopes of being loved. Threes? And... They develop the habit of working on their ego self rather than their true self. That sounds like her whenever she's being, like, fake friends with all those other girls and with Sophie. They struggle with an underlying feeling that their true self was undeserving or worthless. In secret, they they often believe that if people knew who they really were, they would reject or abandon them. So they try to look good, smile brightly, and win prizes or achievements that would distract them and others from the true self inside. That's not Bianna. I guess she's 32. Do you want me to read the four as well? Um, I don't think she's four, but you can go ahead. Fours felt disconnected from both the parental figures in their lives. This could have been for extreme or mild reasons. Some fours were abused by both their parents, while others just felt like their parents didn't see them for who they really were. In many cases, Mm. fours felt like their parents' advice and comfort was very generic, as if it was meant for a child who was totally different than they were. Fours felt so out of place in their own families, so they tried early on to accept what made them different, to notice it and evaluate it. This was a coping mechanism that helped them deal with those feelings of rejection and isolation. However, through developing this coping mechanism, they often set themselves on a trajectory of feeling unusual, different, and out of touch with ordinary people. More than most things, fours want to find their identity because they believe this will take away the feelings of melancholy and loneliness that have plagued them their whole lives. So she's more three-ish okay. than four-ish. She's more three-ish than four-ish, but I think she's wing four because mm-hmm. think about the Vacker legacy and how she's mm-hmm. like, ooh, identity. Yeah. Yeah. Three wing four, I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I wonder what Alvarez is. Uh, I feel like... I wonder if all three of them were at some point, like, a three, and then they all had their breaking points. Well, Bianca and Alvar had their breaking points. Mm-hmm. Fitz is still a three so far. But I feel like Alvar had a well, breaking wait, point. Well, wait, what do you think... What do you think Bianca has become, then? Um, let's see. I can hear the thunderstorm noise in the background of your That's gonna audio. be so annoying. I'm so sorry, guys. My brother sleeps <laughs> in the middle of the hallway. 
I'm not making that up. Wait, what? So, he, my brother okay. sleeps in the loft um, because he had to move out of his room to make room for the baby because we have a ton oh, of yeah. kids. Oh, I forgot about that. And so, so sorry, you're going to have to listen to weird thunderstorm sounds. It's going to be for like 10 minutes. It's okay. Um, so the, um, mm. the, what was I going to say? The core fear for Bianca after book six, well, she learns to kind of accept that she's, and she could just be a mature three, but I don't think that's what it is because mm-hmm. there's kind of a, like, almost a shift in her. Like, you can tell Bianca after book six is a different Bianca, a more confident and self-reliant yeah. Bianca. So I don't really know what that would make her. Um, is she, she's more outgoing. But I don't necessarily mean... Because, you know, there are the Enneagrams that are, like, stereotypically extroverted Enneagrams. Mm-hmm. And the ones that are stereotypically introverted. So, like, ones are more introverted. Threes are more extroverted. Fives are really introverted. Sevens are really extroverted. And those are, like... And nines this are is... introverted. Okay, we might... Either we might not be able to figure it out because we don't know enough about her weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Or this is a stretch. She can't be nine, right? Um, she's not avoidant at all. No, you're right. Yeah, you're Because right. she, like, confronts Sophie. Eight? And she's, she... I, she I wonder... She's in a healthy spot? <laughs> she could be a really healthy eight. Like, a eight with a really, really good, like... You know how eights kind of grow to twos? Like, they have attributes of twos when they're healthy? She could just mm-hmm. be a, a really healthy eight. Yeah. With I a think nine we, wing. We need more about her to figure this out. Yeah. So if I like if someone was like choose now or die, <laughs> I'd be like, Okay, uh, <laughs> really healthy eight with a lot of two attributes with a nine wing. That would be like my, my really yeah. quick guess. But that's Yeah. That's my whole I thought. Like I don't have hard evidence for that yeah. other than that she's good at confrontation and also good at general um peacemaking. Mm-hmm. She's just a good leader. Yeah. Also, my computer's about yeah. to die, so this this is really a good time to start cool. to finish up the podcast. Yeah. Right when the thing starts, so the computer fun. dies, and we finish the main yeah. characters. Other than Dex, I'm so sorry, just, Dex. We don't know enough about you. And Lynn, yeah, I guess. I feel but like I we could do Dex. Uh, Lynn, we don't have I have time. no idea. <laughs> right. Let's let's wait until because I feel like even once the next book comes out, we can give our final thoughts for everyone. Oh, yeah, I and I can say really quick, I agree with the Myers-Briggs that we said for Dex and Lynn, ISFP for Dex and ISFJ yes. for Lynn. Off the top of my head, I don't Agreed. see anything wrong with either of those. Um, the, the one I wonder about is Dex being ISFP, but we just don't have enough to 100% say that's wrong. I, I think it's right still, but yeah, you're right. Cool. I'm <laughs> lagging so badly, I can hear it. <laughs> you're good. Well, um, I guess that brings us to the end of this episode. So, thank you for enduring our well, very long discussion. Yes. I just love this. This is so much fun for me. <laughs> I love that this is the thing that people listen to. Mm-hmm. And, Cindy, do you have any yeah, other thoughts before we turn off the recording? Did you just call me Cindy? I said Sydney, Jeez. but I was also distracted because a I bug is crawling. I heard Cindy. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh, another bug. Nope. I think I'm good. Um, just if we don't record for a little bit after this, please give us grace because we're trying. I promise. Yes, we will probably be once a month going forward. Mm-hmm. And we want to finish and keep going through the books, 
It's mm-hmm. just the problem of time. And then also, it's okay because we have a lot longer until Shannon comes out with the next book at this right. point. So, yeah. yeah. We have like a year and two months. We have time. Cool. Yeah. So, thank you for listening. Sorry about all the weird sounds. I'll mm-hmm. try to fix that in editing. And have a nice month, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. We love y'all. Thank you for listening to the Forbidden Cities podcast. Leave us a review and tell a friend about the podcast if you liked us. Email us with comments and episode suggestions at theforbiddencitiespodcast at gmail.com. And to follow us on Instagram, just search at Podcast.